Hello, this is the DVMD This podcast, and today's hot topic is conference dress code. Then Anne is going to give us her mom when I will provide you with a great hotel hack for your next trip. And Melissa is going to grace us with her mom fail. Join us as we go beyond the stethoscope. Welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. It's no secret that the veterinary profession is made up of thousands of amazing women. In fact, we're more than 60% of the current workforce. But it's also apparent that we've been struggling to stay happy and fulfilled. Well, join us, the DVM Divas, as we take this profession back from discontent. Listen as we explore the concepts that motivate us. Community. Making positive changes growth, compassion, and courage. Laugh with us, cry with us, celebrate with us as we define what it means to be a badass woman in veterinary medicine. Hey ladies, how are you doing today? Great. Good. So today we're talking about having a dress code potentially at conferences. Mm -hmm. I know this is something that has been seen on social media and different outlets stating that, you know, some people feel that other veterinarians are not appropriately dressing at conferences. And other people are stating that they should be able to wear whatever they want because it is a place where they're not working. So what are your guys' thoughts on this? I think you could say veterinary professionals in general. I don't think it's just yeah. doctors because there's yeah. a lot of techs and managers that go yeah, to. Yeah, that's true. I'm kind of in the middle ground here. I feel like you don't need to be, for a woman, you don't need to be in heels and a dress. And if you're a man, I don't think you need to be in a suit and tie. But I do feel like flip-flops and hoodies maybe are pushing. I mean, I guess some hoodies are nicer than others. I definitely, I'm an, I'm a fan of hoodies. Don't get me wrong. I love a hoodie and I do wear even, I wear a zip up hoodie at work. So I guess, you know, if it's got your clinic logo on it, that's one thing, but I, I feel like there can be a happy medium. You know, I don't think you should look like you just rolled out of bed or that you're getting ready to hit the beach or you just came from the pool. I don't think, you know, full on business casual should be. And I think the definition of business casual is different for everybody too, but no, I don't think we need to be, if you want to dress up great, more power to you. I think, I think that's, that's awesome, but I don't think we should have to, but I do think that we should look presentable. You know, I think if you, if your client, one of your clients was to walk down the hall, then you should be like, not embarrassed to be seen. Yeah, I would agree. I th- well, maybe it depends on where the location is. I mean, yeah. if you're, you know, Vegas or Florida or something, maybe like a, a business casual or whatever is completely acceptable. If you're on a cruise ship, <laughs> right. maybe it's acceptable to show yeah. up in your swimwear. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that, you know, one of the comments that I see made often is some of these conferences, they are hosting dual groups. You know, they have you know some of the bigger ones, the big convention centers, you know, they may have veterinarians, they may have real estate agents, they may have human medical doctors, they might have makeup artists, I don't know, you know, and I think the concern is, how are we perceived from the rest of the world? You know, are we, we always say that we are as professional as the medical doctors. We, we know just as much we are. And I, and we do, and I, and we, and I agree with that, 
but if you were to go to, you know, a law conference or you were to go to a human medical conference, are those professions going to look different than we are? And I think the consensus is most of the time, yes. And so if we go like we're tourists and we go looking like we have been unemployed for the last six months, you know, what sort of image does that project? You know, how is it that we can be on social media and be so inflamed and so offended and so mad when the rest of the professional community doesn't respect us? And yet we will go looking like all of the things that they think that we are. And so I think that's what's really maybe the most aggravating for the critics of, of professional parents at conferences. So what do you wear at conferences? Well, since I have been doing the room moderating thing for the last several years, I am wearing business casual. I mean, I will have nice slacks on, um, a nice top. I mean, I'm not wearing jeans. I'm not wearing casual clothes. I mean, I I typically am wearing something a bit nicer. Now the days that I'm not in front of the room or I'm not, you know, doing that, I still wear something that I would wear to church. You know, I mean, it's not going to be, so it's not sweats. I mean, it's, it's not even really jeans, probably, you know, maybe some khakis or they are jeans. They will be nice jeans and they're going to be, I'm going to feel put together. I guess for me at work on a daily basis, I am probably a lot more casual than I would be at a conference. You know, I'm wearing scrub tops or I'm wearing, you know, things that I'm okay getting dirty because I do get dirty. So I like to dress up and I like that stuff. So for me, it's a kind of a chance to wear the rest of the clothes in my closet that I would not actually wear to work. You know, the stuff that I'm not going to wrestle an 80 pound dog off the farm that, but that's me. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. So, Anne, what are your thoughts on the dre- on having a dress code at a conference? I mean, I agree with the, you know, we need to look like professionals and we need to handle ourselves that way, especially in a public forum, you know, at a conference. And you might argue, oh, well, it's only other vets there. But I mean, a lot of these big conferences are in big conference halls, you know, like you're saying, Melissa, and to show that we're proud of our profession and we're proud of who we are, then I think that's a level that we all should strive for. My personal wardrobe is probably a little bit different because we're out West and (laughs) I, you know, hands down would pick my nice dress jeans that have been Mm -hmm. starched that have a crease down the middle yeah, and (laughs) throw on my best dress boots and probably throw on a blazer and call it a day, but I'm super comfortable in that. That's right. Right. One, it's comfortable to sit in. It's comfortable Mm -hmm. to walk in. It's who I am. So I feel like it's my personality. I'm not dressing up to please anybody else. This is Mm -hmm. just me. I think if you look at it, like every day to work, I wear slacks. We're in a busy, in a, not in a busy city, obviously Maria's got us hands down on that one, but like, I mean, we're in the city and, you know, our professional dresses, women wear blouses. We have sweaters, you know, like cardigan sweaters with our names and the logo and all that. Mm -hmm. And we're in dress slacks and nicer shoes. And so for me to go to a conference and wear jeans is probably a step down, I guess some might say, but for me, a nice pair of dress jeans Mm -hmm. with a crease, they're just as nice as my Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. See, and I, I, I would wear something like that to church, you know, I guess if that's yeah. my sort of criteria. <laughs> and, and, and I even think a nice polo shirt, 
And I think jeans are okay. And I'm not saying jeans are not okay because let, I mean, that's 90% of everybody's wardrobe is jeans, but I think denim can definitely look nice. I think there's, there's nothing wrong with denim. You know, I think it's just this, that super casual concert t-shirt and flip-flops and I'm going to show my age probably, but anything with holes in it <laughs> is not okay. So let's talk about when I first became a vet, I used to go to conferences in jeans and a shirt. That's it. I'd bring a jacket. If it was cold, I really didn't care. Can we talk about that? It is freezing. So you need to have something to cover up with. So I used to bring a jacket. I would sit there and I would, I was probably the one in flip-flops. Okay. <laughs> if it was summer, someone once said to me, and it resonates with me every day, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yes. And after that, I realized I can't go to a conference in jeans and flip-flops anymore. Yeah. And the conference I was at, I did see people with holes in their jeans. They had tank tops on leggings, leggings, yoga pants. I've seen leggings. Mm-hmm. I'm, but then I also saw the other people dress nice, not, and I'm not talking like suits and ties and formal business wear, but I'm talking just like nice jeans Mm -hmm. or nice pants, a nice shirt, something like that, that was still comfortable. And so when I go to conferences now, I nine times out of 10, you'll see me in black pants, comfortable boots and a shirt. Mm -hmm. I hope you have a shirt on. (laughs) Melissa, how do you think I draw the attention to myself? (laughs) Which is something that I'm comfortable in, but yet I can network. I can talk to people. This is such a small industry. I went up to a booth at this conference with just, I was dressed very nice. And I went, walked up and they go, Maria Botinas. And I go, yeah. And they're like, oh my God, how are you? And I'm like, how do you know me? And she said to me, she's like, I see your name everywhere. And I was like, oh, cool. So they know who you are because whether it's from your job, whether it's from Instagram, whether it's from Facebook, whether it's from anything else you're doing, it is, or whether they were talking like, oh, did you hear about this person? They know you. And so ever since that person said that to me, I have made it a point that when I go to things like this, I dress for the job I want. I Mm -hmm. am a veterinarian, but I want to keep growing and I want to keep moving. And I, that's why I dress like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is when, where I stayed, Dr. Andy work was staying at Mm -hmm. my hotel who I met in the lobby. And so was like, (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) I am sorry for interrupting your conversation, Dr. Work. But I was extremely excited to meet you (laughs) because I I watch you. I think you're great at what you do. I think everything, I mean, everything you're about is wonderful. And that's why I got so, I was like, like, oh my God, it's Dr. (laughs) Andy work. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but that's, I didn't come down in brick jeans and a tank top. I came down in that, that time I had nice jeans on and a Mm -hmm. shirt because we were going out. You know, but I still like to present myself even in the hotel because there's so many people there. Right. Normally on vacation, you will see me go into the lobby in my pajamas. <laughs> well, and and I know, you know, comfortable shoes is kind of a big thing. You know, there a lot of these conferences, there's a lot of walking. Like there is definitely a lot of walking. I mean, that 
And so, yeah, like the days where I've been, you know, leading the room, I will usually have heels to, or some sort of heeled shoe on for that. But I do put some flats or even maybe some flip-flop type shoes, nicer ones in my bag. So when I'm walking to and from the hotel, yes, I will change my shoes. I will put something else on or even maybe my Converse or something when I'm going, you know, when I do have to walk long distances. But I think you can also wear, I think it is possible to actually wear tennis shoes with decent clothes. I, you know, I think that if I were to see somebody with either khakis or a nicer pair of jeans and maybe even just a nice polo shirt or, or a logoed sweatshirt or something like that. And they had tennis shoes on. I would not think anything bad about that. I think that's okay. That makes sense. You, you need to be comfortable, but you can be put together and comfortable. It is possible. It doesn't take any extra effort to put on, you know, a quote unquote nice shirt as it does to put on a sloppy t-shirt. I mean, it, it, it really doesn't. And so, and you can, yes, you can find jeans that are clean. They have no holes. They are made. I think that, I don't know. I think you can wear denim well and it be comfortable. And I just don't buy that. You need to be in sweats, yoga pants and flip-flops to be comfortable so that you can learn. And no, I think we're selling ourselves short in that we have a bigger capability than that. And anymore, I mean, everything comes in all different colors, all different sizes, all different mm-hmm. price points. You right. know, like I found $10 dark black jeans for work the other day for 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So my black pants that I wear to conferences are from Target. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're yes. what, $14? Yeah, I don't own designer clothes. I do not own designer clothes. Uh-uh. Like, let's be straight up honest. Nothing designer. Mm-hmm. No. So yes, you can find those cheaper. Go to TJ Maxx. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go to Target. Go to yeah. go to Walmart. Yeah. I have a lot of dress shirts for work from Walmart. I do yeah. too. I was just at Walmart today and picked up some mm-hmm. um, like a long. I wear this time of year. I wear like a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. Knit top underneath my scrub top or things like that. I'm like, oh, five dollar shirts at Walmart. I'll take four of them. Yeah. Because when they get anal glands on them, they get scratched and ripped up by a cat. I don't want to feel bad for having to throw them away. And I don't want to have to wear ripped clothes. So I go to either Walmart, Target, TJ Maxx and get like the the clearance stuff to wear. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if I have like friends that are like throwing out clothes, I'll look through them. Oh, this looks nice. I can wear that to work. Yeah. I mean, the majority of the time I wear scrubs, but like there's, Mm -hmm. you know, the days that you actually, you're just seeing a point, you're just seeing appointments, you're not doing surgery. You want to look nice. That's all you need. I get it for a lot of people, you know, probably associates more than, um, than others that, you know, this may be their vacation, which you need to renegotiate if CE is your (laughs) vacation. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day, but this is their time away from the clinic and they're wanting to unwind and they're wanting to, and I, and I fully get that. And I appreciate that, but you are at a professional learning event and I don't know, I guess, and maybe I'm showing my age too, that there has to be a balance somewhere that you're there to unwind. You're there to blow off steam. You can blow off steam the whole rest of the night and go out and party and do whatever you want. And, and, you know, that's great. We all, that's awesome. Do that. But walking around the conference hall, I don't know. I feel like a minimal effort should be maybe expected. 
That's where like I cut people a lot of slack, like before and after the conference, do whatever you want to do. You yeah. know, if you want to show up to breakfast in your pajamas at the hotel, go yeah. for it. Like yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But like when it's actually coming time to go to the conference, like let's, you know, put your name tag on, dress professionally. Here we go. Yeah. And then you, if you're not going to dress professionally, if you make that decision for yourself that you're going to comfort is going to be your main thing, or you need to express your personality. And maybe that, that expression is you know, a bit more extravagant or flamboyant or whatever. You can't also be the same person who gets really, really mad when maybe the rest of the world doesn't view the veterinary profession as on the same caliber as maybe some others. Um, I think you have to be realistic in that. It'd be great. It kind of goes back to our previous episode about professional appearances and just professional appearances in the workplace. You know, I think it, it, a conference is whether we want it to be or not is an extension of our workplace. Mm -hmm. And again, if you conferences are your vacation, we need to have a talk and we need to have a whole nother episode about that. You actually need to take a vacation. Yeah. yeah, Real vacation where you're not learning veterinary stuff. (laughs) When we went, it was Steve's vacation. And not mine. Like he got the vacation. I did not. It's not a vacation. Hey, I still visited friends. I still went and enjoyed some of the attractions around, but it was still a work event to me. Do you guys have any other remarks about dress codes at the conferences? I think the only other thing was something my grandma told me when I was little. And she always said, like, you may feel out of place if you're overdressed, but you won't regret it. You won't feel embarrassed if you're overdressed. Right where you may feel the other. So I always kind of lean, granted, I still wear my jeans and my boots. So let's keep that in mind. But like, I always kind of lean that way. That's a good idea. I get excited when we go to the conferences now, because like I said, we do the room moderating thing and my husband does it as well. And it's one of the few times that he dresses up and sometimes wears a tie and I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) dig in this. (laughs) So... (laughs) I think there's nothing sexier than a man in a tie, honestly. So bonus. Yeah. yeah bonus. Kurt's going to be like wearing a tie tomorrow. I wish, I wish, I wish. So I think we're all in agreement that presenting ourselves put together is the best way to go to the conference, making sure that you have something on that you're not going to be embarrassed when other people see you making sure, you know, you're dressing for a position that you really want, you can still go in jeans and look good. Yes. But if you show up in ripped jeans and a tank top and your picture is the one that's portrayed at the conference, understand that the rest of the world is seeing that. And we want to be portrayed as professionals. So let's dive in to Melissa's mom fail. I'm actually curious to hear about this one. (laughs) (laughs) So... My mom fail. So what I'm saying as my mom fail is that I was a bad fake grandma this weekend. So a little bit of backstory. My 14-year-old daughter is taking the human growth and development class at school this year. And part of that class on Friday of this week, she had to wear the pregnancy suit to school. So, which is apparently this 30 pound pregnant bodysuit, which I found hilarious because she was really, really complaining about it. And in fact, raided my closet to find an oversized sweatshirt because she was really trying to hide her belly. And I thought, oh geez, we've really crossed into a whole nother plane of parenthood right now. 
But then the second part of this is she had to bring the fake baby home this weekend, <laughs> which is this, you know, very technologically advanced robotic, I don't say robotic, but it it's, it's, it's fancy. <laughs> it's this very realistic looking baby, which is creepy in and of itself. Um, it has a little sensor. And when it starts to cry, she has this armband, kind of like the Disney armband, you know, that she has to scan to this baby and it beeps and she has to do that within two minutes of it crying. And she has to, and two minutes, come on, how many moms see to their babies within two minutes? I mean, maybe the first week after they're born, but after that, no, come on. She has to, you know, figure out, does it need its diaper change? Does it need fed? You know, all these different things, it, you know two thirds of the way through the weekend, she's just complaining, mom, it's crying. And I can't figure out why I just fed it. And it's still crying. And she's just beside herself. It's gotten up multiple times through the night. She was telling me all the different times that she was up with it. I got up at like one and then I got up at like three and she's just she's struggling. And I'm just, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. And she had to go to church with this baby today. And of course, I'd already told all of, you know, our church friends, oh, Trinity's coming with the baby. And they, of course, were playing it up and, oh, she's so sweet. Have you had her baptized yet? And they're just <laughs> embarrassing her and mortifying her. You have a car seat? It does. It does Are have you a kidding ca- me? an actual carrier. Yes, as an actual carrier. Yes. Yeah, wow. it does. Sounds like some good form of birth control. It, it's an eye-opening experience. It really yeah. is. But I think my mom fail <laughs> is that I was a really bad fake grandma <laughs> because I have not once held this baby all weekend. I haven't bonded with the baby. I haven't offered to do any of the work. <laughs> I, and apparently there's a secondary armband that you could have somebody else wear that can be sort of the babysitter but they're limited to how many hours per day they can do that. And it's all logged and it's all recorded. This is the teacher is going to get this report of all of this stuff. And this baby was, it was, it was, it was really being kind of a pain at church today. Like I I won't deny it was crying and carrying on. And I said, well, did, did maybe you just need to burp it? You know, maybe it just needs to be bounced. And she was not impressed. She really wasn't impressed with my, my assistant. So, well, but you fed her, right? I mean, you <laughs> yes, did her yeah. like you helped yeah, her, which is what a grandma does. Yeah, but I went and took a nap this afternoon and didn't offer to relieve her and let her take a nap. That's I am awesome. a bad fake grandma. Someday you're gonna become a real grandma, and she's gonna be like, "Don't even bother to call my mom. She's not gonna help me <laughs> out anyway." It's gonna be the same, really. <laughs> oh, Melissa, that's awesome. Uh huh. So I will dive into the hack I have today. We obviously were traveling um, the past week and I am afraid of the flu. Valid. Or a coronavirus. <laughs> or, or coronavirus. I mean, not have to worry about that. Yeah. But I am like terrified of the flu. Um, I'm terrified of picking something up in a hotel room. I, you know... I mean, when people cough in the winter at work, I pull out the Lysol spray. The last time I got the flu, I um, I had a two-month-old son. We just got back from the plane and we all got it. So it really wasn't that enjoyable. 
Mm-mm. I mean, not that it's ever enjoyable. How is the magic kingdom for you in January with your flu phobia? So I was in Disney and I just pretended I was in Disney and magical <laughs> and nothing bad happens there. <laughs> if something bad does to happen, they make it right. So really nothing bad ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm terrified of this and I have wipes that I bring with me for the hotel room and stuff like that. But you know, the first thing everybody does, I feel like when you get into a hotel room is after I check the mattresses and everything for bed, bed bugs is I pick the remote up and I throw the TV on. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like background noise. You're in the room. It's quiet. Yeah, or you don't want to hear anybody. So my hack for you is that if you don't want to touch that remote, because think that remote is never wiped down. Okay. Think about that. Think about how many people have slept in that hotel room and touched that remote. It is not clean. Take the bag in the ice holder, throw it over the remote, tie a knot. You can use the remote and knock it all the germs. Interesting. It's a good hack, right? That's a good hack. I'm now afraid of remote, but (laughs) yeah, me too. Do you clean your remote at home? No. Yeah. I spray it with Lysol. If there's like visible like chunks of stuff on it from the kids, I'm like, yeah, we probably should clean that. I scrape it. I shouldn't say I clean it. I scrape it. There's been a few times we've all been sick and like at home watching movies or whatever for the day. And so like when we're all better and I'm like washing bedding and everything, I'm like, yeah, just wipe that off. Yeah. At work, I do phones and like doorknobs and stuff. Like, Mm. you know, I will go through and wipe down communal touching places. It's kind of gross. Think about it next time you pick up the remote in the hotel room. (laughs) Let's go to Anne for some happy news on her win. So it's finally cold here out in Idaho, which means my kids don't go outside as much, Mm. right? And so my mom win is that we busted out the bouncy house this week in the basement. What? (laughs) I think Maria's (laughs) thinking, one, you have a bouncy house, and two, you have a basement big enough to put a bouncy house in. And three, you like when it's cold out. (laughs) I do. I love, well, I love snow. Like if I could live in the Mm. snow all the time, I'd love it. Yes. The bouncy house in the basement. I needed something to keep the girls busy during the winter because I was home more. It was before I started back to work and I just, I needed something. So my sister was like, well, what are you going to get the girls for Christmas? And I was like, oh, actually I was going to get them a bouncy house, measure my basement find one that fits yeah. short enough. I did. I measured. And then she was like, Oh yeah. Which one were you thinking about? And I was like, Oh, maybe this one or this one. Her kids had one for outside, not right. inside. And she was like, Oh, okay. And the next thing I know, two days later, an Amazon box shows up. She beat me to the punch, but uh-huh. along the short, it's awesome. I mean, it's not like when you'd throw outside and like adults right. can really jump on, <laughs> but when they're going stir crazy and I can't kick them out because it's too cold or whatever, then I'm like, fine, go bounce in the bouncy house. Are your ceilings tall enough that they won't hit their heads? Yeah. It's not very big. Okay. We have regular size ceilings downstairs, but yeah, no, but I mean, they don't get enough like loft. When, one year they're going to find out literally the hard way that they've <laughs> thrown it. <laughs> Boom. There's a hole in the ceiling. That's awesome. It's like the best money ever spent. I would spend that money again and again and again and again. Years ago when our son was a toddler, we found, it was like one of those little tykes, like slide jungle gym play yard things. Mm -hmm. And we bought it and then took it apart and then reassembled it inside of his room. 
Mm. And so, I mean, it was supposed to be outside, but we're like, mm-hmm. you know what? We had, we had enough space in his room for it and it had a pretty good slide and he could climb on it. And it was great because he could really play inside. Yeah. That's insane how big the room is. You know, it was in his room. I mean, it was a decent sized room. It was adjoining to our bedroom, but we, I mean, we just had the crib that was converted to the toddler bed and yeah. just like a, oh, you know, okay. the, the hutch kind of thing. It wasn't like in a lot of furniture. He was still like, he was pretty young yet. That's awesome. But it was, I mean, he had like a legit like jungle gym kind of thing in his room. So same concept. So yeah, if you live in a cold environment where your kids cannot get outside, you have to do something. Or if it's super hot too, I guess. Oh yeah, oh, I don't know that, but okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Want to know more about us? Then visit our website at dvmdivas.com or find us on all of our social media accounts Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn. Just look for at DVM Divas. We can also be reached by email at admin at dvmdivas.com. Don't want to miss an episode? Be sure to subscribe. And while you're at it, rate, review, and share. Your online love really does help. And tune in next week as we once again go beyond the stethoscope.